This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You found the best podcast in the universe. It's Saturday, May 19th, and you're listening to The Secrets. Welcome to this podcast of The Secrets, the podcast for anyone who is serious about writing. The Secrets home can be found at www.stormwolf.com. For the next 15 minutes, we'll talk about writing and how to get you even closer to seeing your name on the spine of a book. Welcome to The Secrets. This is Mike Stackpole, and if I sound a little snuffly, it's because I've been cleaning my office. or Actually, it's more like excavating my office, just kind of get down to surfaces that, uh, well, apparently I haven't seen for about two years, if, uh, if dated material is any indication. But, uh, hey, look, this is it. This is day 21 in our 21 days to a novel. We've developed the characters, we've built the world, we know what the story's about, we've plotted it all out. You probably got, oh, 10 pages of outline, maybe 20 more pages of stuff you've created. That's all good stuff. And now you're, you're ready to sit down and write, and that's good. That's what it's, uh, that's what it's all about. Hang on a second here. Okay, I usually like to have something to drink before I uh, start working. It's, it's a soda. This is the secrets after all. It's not winging it. Um, usually it'll be soda, especially this time of year because it's already hitting 100 degrees. Other times it'll be, you know, coffee or tea. Um, learned a lot about tea when I was researching for my mystery novel. Never knew there was so much to know. I mean, did you know that depending upon the tea you want, water should be heated to different temperatures? And that, that steeping time will also depend upon the type of tea and, and your preference? I was in a tea shop the other day with a friend, and they brought us tea in French presses. I mean, first, you never use a French press for tea. Second, the timers were set for two minutes. I mean, no way. I steeped my tea for four minutes. Now, I was drinking an oolong, which most white folks don't drink, but I like it. It was Tiquan Yin, and it was really, really good. And the, the tea shop is actually a vegan restaurant. Now, I'm a confirmed carnivore, and vegan means there are no animal products at all. I, I suppose unless a fly lands in your soup or something. I pretty much stuck with things I recognized, like peppers and mushrooms. There was some variant of bean curd on the menu, but I wasn't feeling that adventurous. And after all, they were serving tea in French presses. Uh, tofu is risky at the best of times, and some malformed cousin of it wasn't really something I wanted to try that late in the evening. Uh, you, you're probably wondering where I'm, I'm going with this. If you guessed nowhere, you would be absolutely correct. Look, this is day 21. This is the day from which you go forward and become a novelist. Or you become somebody who will write a novel someday. I hate to break it to you, but if someday isn't today, it's likely to be never. The hardest part of writing a novel, and, and the part of it that will bedevil you throughout your novel writing career, short story writing career, anything, is sticking your butt in a chair and writing. The universe may abhor a vacuum, but second on its hit list is anyone writing a novel. And believe me, procrastination can be a fine art. But look, first off, well-meaning friends will want to invite you to coffee to see how the whole novel thing is going. They mean well, and if they're buying, well, it, it is against writer union rules to turn down free food. Um, except if it's a cousin of tofu, in that case it's okay. But look, if you're going to go and have coffee, you have to do it on your time. My friend, Cassie Claiborne, has developed a simple exercise and has had me practice it. The phone rings. I pick it up. If it's not my agent, 
am I editor or a business partner? My response to anything is, I'm in the middle of something. Let me call you back. It works. Practice it. Use it. You know, stop, stop the file right now. Just say it once. Hey, look, I'm in the middle of something. Let me get back to you. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, it, it just really, really works. People will say, okay, cool. And they expect you to get back to them. And look, it also works on people who wander into your writing room when you're hunched over the keyboard. The advantage there is that they can usually see the blood droplets forming on your brow while you're working. Rule number one in writing a novel is this. Any word you put down is one word closer to your goal. That means if you only have time to jot down a sentence, do it. A paragraph, do it. A page, even better. Don't ask yourself how long you're going to need to write it down. Just write it down. If you have to ask a waitress for a bar napkin and a pen, ask. Do it. Just get the stuff down. There are two reasons for this. First, it piles words up. Second, and equally important, you need to train yourself to be creative. Right now, that inspiration is going to come in little fits and starts. It's like a dripping faucet. You get the stuff as it comes, and when you're paying attention, you'll find you get a bit more than that initial trickle. Later on, you're going to be able to turn that spigot on at will. There comes a time when you need a plot for a short story, you set aside some time, lay out the parameters from what you need, and your imagination will fill in the details. You hit a chapter that's not working, you step back, the solution will come. Often it comes in the shower, which makes it tough to write down, but you can train yourself to listen to your imagination, encourage it, and make it work for you. Second rule, one we've gone over in these podcasts before, make a note, edit later. Do not edit as you go, period. You are not a novelist until you have written a novel. Only a novelist has the skills to successfully revise a novel. Any editing you do before the book is finished will just have to be revised again and again and again. Make notes. If there is some huge change to a character, like you decide he never had a left arm, you, but you, know, you don't make that decision until, say, chapter 7. From chapter 7 on, you write as if he never had a left arm. Once you're done the novel, you will know exactly what you have to say about his lack of an arm starting on page 1. Any effort you put into fixing that problem beforehand will be wasted because you will just change it again. And you're violating rule number one. Editing does not get you any closer to finishing the book, and finishing is where you're heading. Rule three, make lots of notes. Keep track of physical descriptions, locations, company names, thoughts about life cycles of creatures, and so forth. I keep notebooks full of this stuff, including little maps and phone numbers of all the people who call me while I'm working so I can, you know, call them back and we can go eat tofu and have French press tea. Notes are great, and they save you digging back to the manuscript, which, in turn, kills that temptation to start editing. Can you begin to see the pattern there? Rule four. Make hard copy of your manuscript and always back up your files. Look, from this one, there is no escape. I've had a computer crash on me, and I've lost a chapter, but only one chapter, because I back my files up religiously, and I print them out when I'm done. If I go off for lunch, I back up a half-written file. With flash drives, CDs, and a low price of hard disks, there is no excuse for not backing up your work. 
If you're working in paper and pencil, I suppose you could make photocopies occasionally, or if you're typing, you know, have a carbon copy. The fact is you want hard copy. You want a backup for your stuff. Hard copy also gives you a place to make notes. And just as importantly, it gives you something physical to look at, to weigh in your hands, to prove to yourself that you are writing a book. And that is really important. That is really encouraging because sometimes you go, what the heck am I doing? And then you go, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta start. I got to get a second binder to be putting all these pages in. I'm generating so much material. Let me go into some details of what you're targeting for your book. You're looking at a novel of 100,000 words, give or take 10%. Go above that and it's a tough sell. Go below it, it will be too short. Those are the market realities. That may not be fair, but that's the market you're selling into. If you write a novel that's too big, you can always trim it or cut it in half. That's done a lot. And if an editor likes your work, they'll work with you to get it down to an acceptable size. What if it's too short? I've heard this complaint and the solution is characterization. If you have characters who grow and change through the story, the words devoted to them are not padding. It's the stuff folks read stories for. Sure, in the infancy of science fiction, we were reading techno-mysteries. All we wanted to know was how the problem was solved. Well, if you look at crime novels and science fiction nowadays, you'll see the books have grown larger because of characterization. In the mystery genre, you still have some shorter novels, but the best-selling ones are bigger ones. If you want to enjoy the success of the greatest authors out there, you have to produce the sort of work that will appeal to the greater audience out there. Now, that could be taken as my suggestion that you go out, skim a Stephen King novel, skim a Dean Kuntz novel, skim a Danielle Steele novel, uh, look over the book The Secret, roll them all together, and come up with a bunch of confused teens uh, trying to deal with their problems through the law of attraction, when the problem is a well-heeled vampiric incubus with ties to a hidden Vatican secret. Hey, what the heck, toss Dan Brown in there for the fun of it, you know, get that Vatican thing in. Now, that might be an interesting book, but if that's not the sort of thing you love, don't even imagine going there. Actually, don't imagine going there regardless. That is my idea after all. You go get your own. All right, seriously, if you don't love the story you're writing, you'll find the work is much too hard. Trust me. I have fallen in hate with some projects and was waiting every second for Homeland Security to burst in and take me to Gitmo. Anything would have been easier. In fact, if that waterboarding thing ever stops being effective, plunk a suspect in front of a keyboard and tell him to write something he hates. They'll be singing like canaries. Assuming you love your book and you're targeting 100,000 words, where do you go next? I find it convenient to break everything down into 40 chapters running about 2,500 words each, maybe 3,000 words. Of course, you already know this because in plotting, you've pretty much broken things down into those chunks already. This structure isn't rigid. If you need to add a chapter, do so. If one needs to go to 3,500 words, okay. Just don't make a habit of it. Shorter chapters make the book easier to read in one sitting. If a reader does that, he loves it and he will tell his friends all about it. So, day after day, week after week, you're laying words down. You finally get to the end, which you don't have to write on the last page, by the way. You're done. What next? First, give yourself a break. Walk away from the book. Let it rest. Take a week, maybe two. You can write other things during that time and definitely want to be reading during that time, but don't touch the book. 
Let your mind drain of all little details you've been hanging on to. And look, during this time, celebrate the fact that you're a novelist. You've done it. You've joined an elite class of individual. Anyone who's ever read a book in an English class has toyed with doing what you've accomplished. You've achieved a life goal most folks won't even make a run at. This is to be celebrated. This is great. Remember all the folks that you said you'd get back to? Call them now. Let them buy you coffee. Go to parties and, uh, man, this is great. Go to a party and say, well, I just finished a novel today. You'll see heads spin. It's great. And it's really cool if you do it at a class reunion. Enjoy the time. The celebration is well-deserved because you have worked really, really hard. And right around the corner, you've got even harder work coming up. You go back to the novel with fresh eyes. You go back with editor's eyes. You make sure you've added in all the details you need and that you've been consistent in details. Don't have someone's eye color changing in the middle or have him driving a car you trashed or had stolen. If you're writing fantasy, I guarantee you that you will have at least one variant spelling for a nation or a character name. Pick one, stick with it. Um, the second one is usually the better one because you're just more used to it. You especially want to make sure that characters' growth arcs make sense. They don't have to wrap up at the same time, but everyone should grow. And the tools to accomplish that end should be there. Add scenes if you must, adjust lines, and play to make sure that you have everything clicking. Once you've marked up your manuscript, and you want to do the edits on hard copy because A, you can edit somewhere away from your computer, thereby promoting freshness of mind, and B, it's easier to flip back and forth in a manuscript and than through files looking to check on a tiny detail, you will go and input the changes. Print out a new copy of the book, let it sit for a week, and start the whole editorial process again. So how do you know when you're done? I use the 10% rule. If the changes between one draft and the next comprise less than 10% of the manuscript, it's done. Don't fiddle anymore. I'm not going to go into what you have to do to get your book sold right now for a couple of reasons. This podcast is actually going to end what I'm going to arbitrarily call the third season of The Secrets. This gives me a chance to retool, get some new music, a new opening, and some other things. I'm going to stay focused on writing, of course, but I think a novel-focused set of shows will be most helpful after this particular series. It'll show you sort of how things go as you're writing. And what I want to do is take a couple of my novels that I've done in the past that you may have read and go ahead and say, okay, look, this is how this happened. This is the way that this went together. Kind of like allowing you backstage in a magic show and saying, you know, but you guys have to promise not to tell anybody else, all right? That's very important. Second, worrying about how to sell your book or even dealing with fear of rejection or fear of showing it to anybody is premature. I want to give everybody a chance to catch up and actually write a novel. Once we're a bit further along those lines, I'll put together some material that I think will be helpful. Third, and this is pretty important, it's actually been a long time since I sold my first novel. The publishing landscape is constantly changing, and I want to talk to folks who are a bit closer to career entry than I am, just to see how things are working these days. I don't think things have changed all that much, but there are new variables that have to be taken into account. Heck, just things like podcasting have changed the landscape. I don't want you to have done all this hard work just to have me tell you something that makes getting published uh, more difficult. And look, by now all of you know that this uh, podcast is an audio adjunct to The Secrets, which is my writing newsletter. It's available by subscription over the net. 
Subscribers pay a dollar an issue for advice and discussions about everything from character creation and world building to the effects of technology on publishing. Is it worth a dollar an issue to make your writing the best it could be? I definitely think so, and, and I hope you will become a subscriber. Issue 76 just came out with an article about the crafting of coming-of-age stories. This is Michael A. Stackpole for The Secrets. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit www.stormwolf.com to get your sample issues of The Secrets. Uh, my latest book is still Masters of War. came out in April. It's one of the Battletech books in case you missed it. And the next book, The New World, will be out in August, and that will finish off the Age of Discovery trilogy. This podcast is copyright 2007 by Michael A. Stackpole. I'll be back in a fortnight or so with uh, more about working with words. Until then, good luck with your writing.